welcome to another episode of the Who Dat Jedi podcast. This is episode 117 and we are the Who Dat Jedi Council. I'm Aaron and with me as always is Dave and Fredo. How are we doing guys? Doing, doing okay. Yeah, some better than others. Uh, we, we do want to have a little bit of a um, apology right up front because Dave and I have both been sick. Um, Dave more recently than me. So if you're hearing any hacking or, you know, general whatever it's probably it's coming from one of us so we apologize um <laughs> there's nothing we can do about it but uh, also that's a reason for the delay in this uh this episode so i thought we were waiting because today we're recording it on a saturday afternoon it is actually george lucas's birthday george Woo! lucas's birthday so happy birthday to the maker um the guy who started all of this you ever do you ever wonder if he just sits around and goes what in the hell did I do? You know what I mean? <laughs> he, yes. he wrote he wrote a movie, and it, 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 I mean, and all the all the dominoes that have fallen since. Do you ever think he makes? He just goes, oh my goodness, you know. Um, I thought about that oh. with uh, with Jim Swearingen, the the guy from Kenner that I met at the the collectible show on the North Shore, and he's walking mm-hmm. around looking at all the action figures. I mean. Yeah, it, it could be argued that he is responsible for about 98% of what we're seeing at that collectible. It's like, you ever stop and go, man, I, because I made one action figure or 12 action figures, this whole thing went. So anyway, it's, I don't know. The, no. the merchant, they went hand in hand. I mean, they really did because like the the, the interest was there. It's like, and George understood that the interest would be there, which is why he held the the merchandising fees back. There was for really himself. no reason for him to. There was really no evidence for him to have that, to have that thought. Uh, yeah, there, I mean, there wasn't a market. I mean, he had to have a lot of confidence that this thing was gonna take off. I think and... he was talking about like T-shirts and posters, you know. Um, yeah, toys were not a big deal back then. I mean, they were, but nothing to the level that they are today. You know, just thinking, you know, to that question, there's an alternate universe where Star Wars just became a minor footnote in, in George Lucas, the film tour's career. Like, he goes on to make other experimental movies along the way and everybody goes like oh yeah he won the oscar for this experimental movie he became something like terrence malick or you know somebody like that instead of george lucas the creator of star wars i also want to apologize if my dogs start barking in the middle of this they're sitting underneath my desk looking out the window and there are other dogs running around across the street so we might have all break loose here who knows um so you mean it's like it's like family guy when brian's in the car hey there's another dog hey you're a dog i'm another dog (laughs) um but actually there's a german shepherd across the street so that's a kind of enjoyable anyway so sorry about this um no okay well who dat jedi podcast we gotta talk a little who dat here guys because uh i mean i will say i do not dislike lsu All right, everybody, I do not dislike LSU. I'm not an LSU fan because I did not go to LSU. I went someplace else. But all of you LSU fans have to be really excited because the Saints have signed uh, Teran Matthew and Jarvis Landry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
All right. See, Whoa. Luna. Luna's really excited because she's a New Orleans dog. That's enough. Anyway, what do you? No, what? it's actually. It, it's here's the thing. Historically, the Saints and the John Payton. It's not that they didn't like LSU. They seem to have preferences to like Ohio State and Georgia, in terms of where they would go, and a lot of small schools. But I think for a lot of this, it's just simply um, the reality of these are good players at positions that we need somebody to come in and give us something instrumental. We lost Marcus Williams, so Tyron Matthews will replace him. Makes sense. Uh, we had a wide receiver room that was so down for options that we were starting lots of guys off the street last year. So the fact, I mean, they've, now we got uh, we got Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, and then Deontay Hardy and Marcus Callaway as your fourth, fifth, and if you want to add Trickman Smith, that's your sixth option. So there's a much stronger wide receiver room now. Yeah, somebody said that, like, the top three positions – at re- wide receiver have been completely replaced with without clearing out your previous top three from last year. They're still on the roster. So in that sense alone, you're, you're so much better off than you were, at least on paper. Um, I think Landry's on the wrong side of 30. Um, I'm not sure how much he's going to give you at this stage, but I also feel like I'm happy for people who are happy. This is like, locals are you know oh they they collectively wet their pants yeah no it was so happy and i'm like that's that's awesome you know like yay rally around except they they got greedy right away and they started calling for odell beckham jr and it's like (laughs) yeah i don't think i don't think you want to see our receiver room blow up totally it's like put michael thomas uh jarvis landry uh, and odell beckham jr and then you know, Chris Olave in the in, in the same locker room, and let's watch all heck break loose. So you know, the safety swap is the more interesting move to me because I think I, at this stage of his career, I'd rather have Marcus uh, Williams. But I like Matthew's still like a really interesting um, stopgap. Like he was performing at a really high level last year. What's always been interesting about Tyron Matthew for me is, uh, Dave, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it's, he's always had a nose for the ball oh, yeah. in a way. Like, like he's never been like, like okay, he's a good tackler, he's a good safety, but he's never been on the level necessarily of like a Ed Reed or Ronnie Lott to me at least. You know, he's yeah. not like the top, top level safety. But even somebody like Marcus Williams is like the opposite. Marcus Williams does everything well, but in some ways Tyron Matthew has a nose for the football that reminds me of Sammy Knight, that he just knows how to be right near where something's going to happen, and he comes away with the football. And I don't know that you can coach that, because he's had that since LSU. He's had it with Kansas City. So here's hoping he brings that to the Saints. And, you know, you live if he makes a mistake or if he doesn't get a tackle, because he can give you that one moment in every game where he can flip the field for you. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 totally buying into that that one moment that that you're just describing with him because like he will give you a couple of moments a game that that are game changing, and um, and like you said, he just has that nose for it, um, and it's been that way ever since college, and I understand why everybody's excited about him, um, and I think that that'll pan out. It's really it is really interesting though because it's going to be a shift because. 
the defense was basically rock solid for the most part last year. And I think it'll be a little more up and down uh, when you got the honey badger out there. Well, I am, uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm Mr. Uh, Pessimist. My sister has been throwing things at me from Texas and Brittany's been throwing things at me because I remember when we were all excited about Jarris bird. I remember when we were all excited about, no, don't make that face, Fredo. Everybody's excited about somebody throughout the years, and then they ended up being the biggest waste of money that the Saints have ever spent. Now, that's I, but I, these guys they should they should produce, you know. But it's all about can we stay healthy and you know. Anyway, they didn't break the bank on either of these guys. That that was going to be my point. Is unlike you know, if, say for example, Jarvis Landry and or Tyron Matthew don't perform or don't live up to hype. There is nothing tied up to the Saints that they say they can't say, okay, thank you for your time. We'll cut you and we'll move on next offseason. There's, yeah. you know, Jarris Bird was a millstone around the team for a while because he couldn't produce. And then there was no way you could get somebody better on the field. I will be over the moon once they start doing something on the field. So that's all I'll say. Anyway, um, hmm. don't at me on Twitter. Like I said, I have nothing against LSU. I have nothing against these players. It's just, uh, it's, it is exciting to see other people excited because it does seem like, um, you know, man, we, it's one, Saints one day we're going to need, one day we're going to need the list of schools that you do have something against. That's right. Um, Dave's family has two of them. Uh, but anyway, let's, let's do some, let's do some star Wars trivia, but tonight's episode or today's episode, whatever it is, whenever you're listening to this, we're our, uh, entertainment weekly has a list of, they put it out on, on May the 4th, they put it out on star Wars day. And it was the top 100 characters of Star Wars. Rather controversial list. So we're going to go through that and uh, get Dave and Fredo haven't really seen it. Right, guys? Okay. Mm-hmm. I've, I've looked through it um, and I refreshed myself this morning. And I was like, I, even I was like getting kind of irate at five o'clock with some of these things. Um, but let's start off with some trivia. Um, Fredo, I'm going to start with you. What color is the bolt of a stormtrooper's blaster when set on stun? Hmm. What color I'm gonna go is with the bolt of a stormtrooper's yeah, blaster when set on stun. Is it blue? It's blue, and it makes little circles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the circle. I just I didn't know if it was blue or more towards purple. And how? Think. And how? Uh, how ba was it that, that set for stun, and then Leia just murders one right off? You know, just heard blaster set to kill <laughs> anyway um all right Ooh. <laughs> sorry dave i have a rule that i have to go with the first one i see Alrighty. this might stump all of us what species is made up of members of the closely related otola and ankura races what species is made up of members of the closely related otola and ankura races I'm just going to take a shot in the dark and say Trandoshans. Not Trandoshans. Fredo, do you have a guess? Donald guess out of the dark, uh, Mon Calamari. No, it's Gungans. Is that why Boss Nass and Jar Jar Binks look so different? Hmm. You got me. I don't know. That, that stumped me. I said, I'm sorry, Dave. That was not a setup. Um, all right, so to me, how many systems does the enraged Mos Eisley Cantina patron claim to have a death sentence in? 
You know, it makes me wonder why that's there's at least twice that this number is referenced because it's on 12 systems. Yeah. And uh, the Millennium Falcon made the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs. Is there something important about the number 12? Uh, numerologists, will you please comment on us at uh, Hudet Jedi Podcast, whatever we are on Twitter? <laughs> Let us know what's the deal with 12 in the Star Wars universe. Um, all right, Fredo, do we have some news? We've got a couple of bits of news. Actually, a number of them, but we'll go through them quickly. Uh, first bit of news that actually came out Monday was actually from the Star Wars official Instagram account, which told us that Ahsoka, an original series, began production on Monday. They have a director's chair with Ahsoka's name in the back, the name for the show, and then a cowboy hat, which one is to presume is for one Trapper Wolf, aka Dave Filoni. So hooray. It's, it's, yeah. it's, they're doing something. Okay. That's now, a thing. My, my, my one question would be, do you think, you know, they say they started production, but how much of the production that they did for Book of Boba Fett and season three of Mando do you think is just going to roll right into this? All right. So they're just, they're just, they're just swapping name cards and whatnot. Did you, did you watch? Okay. So it's interesting. We need to find not. out when they, when they are um, re, recording some of these things, because uh, in the um, Disney gallery mm -hmm. book of Boba Fett thing, did you guys watch that? No, I haven't had a chance. So, Rosario Dawson is interviewed, and she said in her script it says Plo Koon. Right. So that had so her filming of the Book of Boba Fett, that thing with Luke Skywalker, had to be going on simultaneously, or be, at least before the release of um, the ending of season two. Because it, how do you, how do you, because they said when they released season two, that it was like, you know, Plo Koon was in the script and everything. Why do you use that same code name if everybody knows Luke Skywalker? So anyway, um, so yeah, I, it'd just be interesting to see where they're, when they're filming all of these things. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. this is one of those things I think like, some of the principals will just tell you like oh we're filming or we've been filming or we're about to start filming and then you find out later that like maybe not or their agent didn't have the right information and so it's all a little bit fuzzy um so it is appreciated uh on my part when i do see them put something official out that says like yes this is happening now um, because then you can kind of set your expectations. Okay, well, let's start the clock. Uh, maybe a year from now will be when we'll see that show. Well, and you know, I don't know how much uh, bleed over from the Mandoverse is going to be in this show because it sounds like it's going to be a Rebels season five type of a thing. This is all going to be about the Ezra and Thrawn thing. It's, I mean, if they have I, if they have the, the Mandalorians show up, it's going to be kind of awkward. But anyway, I, you know, like, and again, like, I, is there intention with Ahsoka to have it be multiple seasons, long running, Rosario playing this role for a long time, maybe transitioning into feature films eventually? 
um, like how big do they want this thing to be? Because they could milk this story for quite a lot. You don't need to have her in her pursuit of Thrawn encounter him until anywhere near the end of the story necessarily. Um, like that, that in and of itself is a story that people are interested in seeing her finding Ezra her finding Thrawn, uh, getting some resolution to the end of rebels. Um, and, and yet, um, they could also play it the other way, which is like, well, we'll get that out of the way as fast as we possibly can in the interest of telling a completely different story. Um, so they have a lot of freedom here and they can make it as big or as small as they want to make it. Um, right. You know, it, it's, it's kind of interesting to sort of sit here and speculate. I, 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 I personally think like with this particular set of characters in this particular story, I think you go big. Um, I, I like these characters a lot and I would like to see a lot of them. And it's not like um, a situation where you think with Obi-Wan where he's sort of pinned into this little box on Tatooine where he has this role. He has to guard Luke. Well, okay, he could have side adventures, right? But it doesn't necessarily lend itself to some big, grand, galaxy-defining right. thing. And whereas this, you could extrapolate and it outward. Absolutely. And to to your point, it's the I guess the you know I said yeah, it's going to be search for Ezra and Thrawn. But I've also said on this show before that I really think that this uh, there's going to be a greater story of her re becoming a Jedi. Um, mm -hmm. because again, in the end of rise of Skywalker, she's amongst the force ghosts of, she's amongst all the Jedi who are talking to Ray. So, um, you know, when last though we left Ahsoka, she is no longer a Jedi. So that's going to have to happen. Plus you also mm -hmm. got now Hayden Christensen back in the, you know, in the fold. So, you know, there's going to be, you're right. There's a lot of stories. They, you know, hey, we'll find out. Yeah, they can go. They're, they're they can go a number of places. By the way, there was a whole been a whole lot of uh, speaking of Obi Wan, been a big uh, press tour right now. I don't know if you've been noticing anything. Like they've been now doing interviews. They've had Hayden and Ewan and um, forget the lady's name that's playing the, the Inquisitor um, Moses. Anyway. Yeah, Moses. Yeah, thank you. And then, uh, so it makes you know, we were talking about celebration. It makes me think more than likely we're gonna see them at celebration. You know, but speaking of Obi Wan, right quick, I did want to say uh, they were also interviewing Natalie Holt, who is the composer. I just kind of wanted to mention that that an interview with the Hollywood Reporter. She's composed stuff like for Loki, and she's doing Batgirl. And apparently, she mentioned that uh, two things that might interest her. Number one. Remember, John Williams wrote the theme for the show. So she says she got the the musical sheet with Obi-Wan's theme song autographed by John Williams. So she says she's got that frame in her office. Oh, man. And I'm just thinking, how much would you pay for that, Aaron? Yeah, right. Uh, that, that would be something I would like to have. I mean, mm -hmm. a, a piece of, you know, even if it's like two measures of music autographed by John Williams. Yeah, that would mm -hmm. be something cool to have. So so mentioning that, she mentions that the differences between Loki and Obi-Wan, she says, Deborah Child gave her instructions that she says for the music for Obi-Wan, it's like, she's like, he's in the desert, 
he's lost, he's alone. And it's like anything for his theme would just be small, crumbling, fragmented. Then it would just grow out as it goes on his journey. So there was an interesting, she says, she kind of juxtaposes herself to where uh, John Williams started. says, there's a lots of different characters in the show. And I did also write music themes for planets. In addition, though, there is a Stormtroopers theme. So that's all I can say right now. So you're going to get your own theme song, Aaron, for the 501st. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So it's, yeah. Yeah, it's a, so it seems interesting. They're ramping up all the stuff because. Yeah, so here's my, okay, so here's my, uh, here's old man Aaron. Here's my problem with it. I don't mind. It's kind of like writing the theme for, you know, Han Solo gets his theme. John Williams writes the theme for Han Solo in, in the solo film. And that's all well and good, but then you never hear it in, it's not like you're going back to the original trilogy and you're going to plug in that theme. Then, okay, so the Stormtroopers get their theme. Okay, that's all well and good, but then that theme's in no other movie. And so it's like, it it ceases to be be a theme. You know, it's like your theme music, it's like, watch WWE. Your theme music is when you come off stage, you know, not when you come on stage once you know what well, i mean so, so I, that's why it's my and, and i'm not having i'm not gonna i'm not criticizing natalie holt or or anybody else but it gets back into my how people really think that you know that they know what operatic techniques are and just because you write a piece of music does not make it a theme it's how you use it you know so um and then if but you also go back thinking- to the original trilogy and then start plugging in this music then i'll be even more mad so anyway, go ahead. No, but I was just, it made me think right now, the article we're going to go over with the 100 characters list. How many of those have a theme that you immediately think of and recognize as theirs? Whether it's somebody like Jabba or Vader or anybody. Well, I don't think Jabba has a theme. But that's my point. It's, you know, I don't even have to tell you what Jabba's theme is. The moment I say Jabba's theme, it plays in your head. No, I'm saying Jabba you know. doesn't have a theme. He does not? I'm pretty sure he doesn't. Go find the Does he have that link? I mean, again, it was. It, it's 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 really. I mean, that's a whole other show about. How, I mean, maybe we'd had that show once before, I think. But um, no, we talked about it. But I I'd love to get like you to maybe we get another musician on for that for that episode and and just go into it because like I I love the the music of star wars and i think like that's one of its biggest selling points but um there's there's so much there that we can talk about in terms of yoda's got a theme vader's got a theme that came in an empire um emperor's got a theme uh you know the the force theme and skywalker theme are kind of interchangeable leia's got a theme uh leia does have a theme um this is a whole other show yeah it's a whole other show and then i would like i think we should do name that tune it's like find han solo's theme can you hum that one it's like i see what i mean it's kind of like it's great that we got john williams to compose something for a movie but just you know, I don't know. let's move on so okay <laughs> another, another, so just show, real quick. another show at some point <laughs> So just right quick, uh, since I mentioned Celebration, uh, yes, you're going to be able to watch some commentary and some of the stuff happening at Celebration Live via uh, 
YouTube and StarWars.com. Good. Uh, Star Wars, yeah, they announced that May 26th through 29th, they got uh, Andy Gutierrez, Anthony Carboni, Christina Ariel, Hector Navarro, Jordan Hembro, and Christian Braver, all kind of hosting a uh, panel and commentary, and they'll probably have interviews and other stuff happening as celebrations happen. So if you can't make it, you at least get a taste of it well, online. The 26th, I'll be driving back from Disney World, so Brittany will probably be driving, so I'll just be watching YouTube the whole way then, huh? So There you go. Okay. There you go. Uh, right quick, um, they, they've been interviewing, okay, talking about interviews. They asked that, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, who's coming up in the new Jurassic World movie, if she'd love to do a Star Wars movie, direct one. So she says, her quote is, oh my goodness, I think it would take someone asking me. So in other words, she's not saying no, but if you want her to do it, you gotta go ask her. And I'm just like, why is this a thing? Why not just... Ask her and get it going. <laughs> I, wonder if, I wonder if that shows the hand of how many actual films there are in development, which means not many, because there's not many people being talked about. You know, everybody wants a certain person, to, it's certain people to direct a Star Wars film, but maybe there aren't enough Star Wars films to go around. Yeah, or yeah. product, a project in general, right? Yeah, I, and I also feel like. Um, Developing a project from the ground up is, is is a different task than directing something that's already been created. Um, and I think that uh, we we all love Bryce Dallas Howard's work uh, that we've seen uh, in Star Wars. Um, but I think it's all pretty much directorial. I'm not sure mm -hmm. that she contributed to any of the scripting or writing. Um, and so, no. like, just given that i think like this quote makes perfect sense like like if you want to give me a project uh hand me a project to work on and ask me to do it i will happily do it um but she's not she doesn't necessarily have an idea yet that she wants to bring to the table um that's how i read that but um so let me jump off of that and into the final bit of news that i have which is interesting because they were interviewing Michael Waldron, who is was is was the show is the showrunner for Loki, <laughs> wrote Doctor Strange two. That's and he's the guy currently writing Kevin Feige's to be produced Star Wars movie. And actually, they were they were talking to him about it and says uh, it's been reported and I've talked about this that another writer Eric Martin is taking over as head writer for season two of Loki. He was my second in command through season one. Obviously, I've been vis busy off writing this little Star Wars movie as well. That's going to be made by another guy named Kevin, but I think Loki in season two is going to be fantastic. So he's confirming that A, Loki season two is coming. He's not writing it. His second in command is writing it because he's currently writing Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie. So you got a producer, you got a writer. If you need a director, and there's one I saying, all you need to do is ask. I don't know. Maybe I'm making two plus two equals twenty-two. <laughs> maybe it seems like it worked to me. Yeah, and... you know, you know, you got you got people working on a script over here, and you got a person over here who's a really capable director. So I don't know. Um, I I'm all for more Star Wars, and I'm all for more talented creative people being involved in in that process so. it will be very interesting to see what we learn next week 
that's kind of the catch. It's I think you know the, the, you're gonna get some announcements we're not expecting. I'm hoping. I would you know it yeah I, I would I, I my guess is that it's it's either gonna be feast or famine um, next week where they're gonna get like oh my god blown away or they're not gonna they're just gonna talk about the stuff we know. Um, that's well, maybe the fourth was a bit of famine, so maybe they're saving the feast for then. Yeah, so like, and you know, of course, you guys know on Wednesday I'm heading to to Disney World, and uh, I'll be able to finally see Galaxy's Edge. Woo! So, um, hate the small world after all. Shut up. Uh, I had <laughs> I had to call I had to call Disney um, to just do do something for our reservations, and I was only on hold for ten minutes, but it was ten minutes of every version of It's a Small World. And <laughs> in every genre that you could come up with, and I was about ready to poke my own eyes out. Um, but are you gonna write it? Oh yeah, we always do. Um, <laughs> it's it's one of those things. I go on Small World with Brit, and she goes on the the teacups with me. Um, you know, so okay. You know, that's small funny world. that I just hearing people complain about it, but I'm gonna write it anyway. You know, uh, it's just... yeah. I mean. <laughs> can find alcohol somewhere hey let's get to the uh the top 100 i'm gonna put that in air quotes top 100 characters of star wars it gets controversial right off the bat um we're gonna go 10 at a time and like i said just kind of pause and see if there's any what the, what wtf moments how about that um what the force um but uh these aren't the droids you're looking for these aren't the droids we're looking for and uh, maybe some that you think are, maybe pick one that's like, no, he doesn't deserve to be that low or he doesn't deserve to be that high or whatever. Um, yeah. And if there's nothing to talk about, then we just move on. And then when we get to the top 10, we're going to see if uh, Fredo and Dave can guess who's in the top 10 or maybe guess the top three. It's kind of surprising. And I, I have no idea what their criteria is, folks. Um but the article is on e Entertainment Weekly's website, so you can go find it. So here's 100 to 91. At 100, we have Wicket. At 99, we have Moff Gideon Scout Troopers. These are the guys that beat up Baby Yoda. Um, <laughs> 98 is the Bendu from Rebels. 97 is Elon Sleesbagano. 96 is Dexter Jetster. 95 is Moff Gideon, 94 is Babu Frick, 93 is Ice Snoodles, 92 is Captain Phasma, and 91 and 90, so we got to put them together, are Orca and Flix from Resistance. Star Wars Ol actually first gay couple. And mm. that's not a joke, guys. I mean, it's... Yeah, uh, yeah. The only one I have any issue with is Wicked being at the bottom of the list. Uh, he should be higher, just because how impactful he is to return of the Jedi. Yeah. yeah the good old sleaze bago uh is like a one trick pony so i'm not sure he even belongs in the top 100 at all right that's what uh, i was thinking too um bendu is a really kind of interesting character to me but i also um and maybe like not he hints at a kind of importance that that uh, extends above and beyond 
the appearances that we've seen so far. It which, never pays off, really. It's right. It, it was a lot of promise that never paid off. Yeah. Which so for me, like personally, I I might even put that character higher because I just I'd like to see a lot more of it. So the one that made me go, eh, are Moff Gideon's scout troopers. Yeah. So, anyway all right well let's go let's go 89 to 81 um so 89 is fn2199 this is the 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 guy who yells traitor um, traitor 88 is the grand inquisitor 87 is kiati mundi 86 is general maximilian veers general veers from empire strikes back folks veers watch 85 is Maz Kanata. 84 is Miggs Mayfeld from The Mandalorian. 83 and 82 are Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. 81, Wrecker from uh, Bad Batch. I'm wondering how they, you know, if the list would shift for uh, Uncle Owen, Aunt Beru, and the Grand Inquisitor after uh, Obi-Wan comes out. I get the sense that's going to be higher I'm gonna... if this list is done afterwards. So, okay. So I'm just going to read this to you, by the way. It says, our gold squadron group of obsessives selected and ranked the top 100 on-screen Star mm-hmm. Wars char- characters ever. Our rankings are based on folks seen in the original movies or TV streaming shows and do not include characters who have only appeared in video games or part of either expanded universe canon or legacy books. Um, so it doesn't say how what how they judged... <laughs> what right the, what their criteria was it was just a bunch of people got in a room and they voted i guess yeah, probably drinking yeah yeah um so owen and baru are really important um but they don't necessarily again do a lot uh on screen so i can understand why they're as low as they are um i'm really sort of confused by wrecker um because like yeah immediately my brain starts going okay well which of those characters from the bad batch are going to be deemed important enough to include in this list and how do you rank them apart from one another um you know i i I don't know (laughs) the the bad the bad batch are kind of like uh the constructicons right i mean yeah 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 yeah, we we need devastator reference you know yeah no like it's they're devastator we need we need them all together so like okay so we got wrecker are there going to be more i don't know all right well here's are you guys ready for 80 to 71 um, any any anything on the list yet that's made you like want to throw something at the wall? Not yet. Okay. Uh, so eighty is General Hux. Seventy nine is Duchess Satine Kreese from the Clone Wars, Obi Wan's girlfriend. If you don't know what I'm talking about, listeners, go watch the Clone Wars. Obi Wan had a girlfriend. Um, Seventy eight Shmi Skywalker. Seventy seven Saw Gerrera. 76 is Zam Wessel, the bounty hunter from Attack of the Clones. 75 is Bo-Katan Kreese from Clone Wars and Mandalorian. 74 is DJ, Benicio Del Toro's character from The Last Jedi. 73 is IG-11 from The Mandalorian. 72 is Plo Koon 
and 71 is Sebulba. And these are, it'd be interesting if you change the word instead of 100 top Star Wars characters to 100 most important, that'd yeah. be a far different list. Um, they would be different lists. Um, <clears throat> the only thing you ever get a Plo Koon is from the Clone Wars. You're not going to, I mean, Plo Koon mm -hmm. otherwise in the movies is just a dude who sits in a chair or a dude gets shot out of the sky. That's all you ever see of Plo Koon. And yeah, which... in the Clone Wars, he's awesome. Um, what does Zam Wessel do? He's the bounty hunter that gets chased by Obi-Wan and Anakin. And I, mean, he's, I think he's talking more existentially. Yeah. Is... <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's it. That's it. She serves like, to trigger an action sequence, is the target of that action sequence, and then does at the end of that action sequence. So, so, so the, the, the write-up is, okay. sure, this elite Claudite assassin isn't particularly great at her job. First, she fails to murder Padme by blowing up her starship, and then she gets caught sneaking killer bugs into Padme's apartment, leading to a high-speed chase through Coruscant. Surely there has to be a more efficient assassination method than death by bug. But she's also one of the most memorable bounty hunters in the Star Wars galaxy thanks to her shape-shifting abilities and excellent piloting skills. But again, oh, like, uh, how is she more uh, memorable than Shmi Skywalker? Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> or or but... Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, for, for that matter, should maybe rank ahead of Shmi because, like, they did it first. You know, for the family murder, family members getting murdered. Um, I don't know. Like now, now I'm starting to get like fired up about this list now because like Dude, Zam we're just, Wessel. We're not even halfway. But through. also in terms of, yeah. But also in terms of bounty hunter. I mean, there's we can make a whole list of bounty hunters, a top ten list of bounty hunters, and not have some Wessel in it. Hey, by the way, we might. It looks like we may be getting Forlom in uh, Kenobi. Oh, we're getting Forlom. It, if it turns out if it turns out to be five lom, I'm gonna be <laughs> ticked. It's like IG. It's like IG eleven. It's like you should have just made it IG eighty eight. For the love of all that's holy. IG twenty two. Anyway. All right, so here we go. Starting at four loco. It's gotta be four loco. That's right. <laughs> Starting at number seventy, Ezra Bridger from Rebels. Sixty nine, Malakili the Rancor Keeper. Sixty eight, Grief Karga. From uh, Mandalorian, Chubbs. 67, Biggs Darklighter. 66, Neon Num. 65, Django Fett. 64, L337. 63 is Admiral Piet. 62 is Sabine Wren. 61 is Pelimoto. What? That's, that's the lady from uh, Mandalorian in the. Dave's looking confused. That's uh, the, 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 yeah, the mechanic. The mechanic, right? Okay. The mechanic from the Mandalorian. Oh, okay. So this is one of my things. It's like... Astra, Sabine, Dislow. No. Well, Admiral Piet is like like the only surviving, you know, uh, uh, Imperial, Imperial Admiral. He doesn't get killed by Vader. Um yeah yeah here, um, here was my here was my thing is uh, you know malakili the rancor keeper all you ever see should be 100 is he he cries when the rancor dies that's it oh you're talking about for a moment that i thought you meant down how, train, right? how is how is he the... how is how is he higher than wicket wicket helped take down the empire 
I'm with Fredo. Like, uh, I'd take Danny Trejo over the original guy. So, yeah. No. We're, getting, we're getting a little controversial now. Um, uh, and I don't I don't think Pelimoto needs to be this high because I... It, that that character in the Mandalorian, as much as I, I, it's it's fine, except it seems like when Don Knotts would, you know, guest host would be, have a role on some show, it's always Don Knotts. You know, it wasn't. It, it just it sticks out. It sticks out like a yeah. sore thumb. And that she, I, it's fun, but it just sticks out as a character. Um, You're gonna put her anywhere between seventy-five and hundred, and been fine. The only concern here is you're putting her ahead of some major characters in the canon, and um, it's like, uh, what the heck? Like Wicket, I think. I think the theme, the, the title of this show, Dave, should be Wicket got hosed. Um, <laughs> how is Wicket 100 and Pelimoto is 61? I don't know. Hold on, let me go, let me go read. Let me go read the entry for Wicket, and I wonder if it's because we have some like Ewok hate. Your Return of the Jedi opinion might be determined by your generation. The Gen X crowd is, uh, isn't necessarily a fan of Endor's tiny, fuzzy inhabitants. I take exception to that. Um, but millennials of a certain age hold the Ewoks in high regard, and therefore the film in general. We could spin this out into an entire Endor-centric think piece, but the essence is if you care about the Ewoks, you care about Wicket, the chief among them. Actor Warwick Davis has made his mark on star Wars legacy by acting a concept that so out there as a talking teddy bear and making him iconic and cute as a button. Like I said, I take issue with the fact they say Gen Xers don't like the Ewoks. I can see where some people might think, wait a minute, you know, they were controversial at the time and they were not controversial when you were 10 years old. I am Mark. sorry. I was te- I'm Gen X. I'm t- I was 10 years old when Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. came out. He was, and they were fine. They were not controversial. They're controversial to 35-year-olds. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Right. Get off my lawn. But, <laughs> but to the point of, even if you had an issue with the Ewoks as a concept as opposed to getting a, giving us Wookiees, the fact is Wicked was central to Return of the Jedi. You needed Wicked. Yeah. He's the one who brings Leia and the rebels into contact with them and they become the army that defeats the empire so the fact no, that they put no. In... no you're all you guys are all wrong zam wessel is that's way right. more that's important right. a character than wicked hey all right hey dave guess who number 60 is i got no idea bosk bosk and talk about, you know, and actually, and here's the thing. Well, I guess you get a little, you get a lot of Bosk in the Clone Wars. If we're just going with the yeah. movies, you don't get anything of Bosk except he just looks snarly. Um, but in the Clone Wars, you get a lot of them. So they, I can see him being higher than Zam Wessel. At least Zam Wessel, like, did more than Bosk in the movies. But anyway. A little bit, yeah. 59, Count Dooku. 58, Galen Urso. 57, he don't miss no gig, Max Rebo. 56, Queel. That's the Ugnot from The Mandalorian. I have spoken. 55, Greedo. 54, Asajj Ventress. 53, Chopper, the droid from uh, Rebels. 52, Fennec Shand from uh, The Mandalorian. 
and and also the Bad Batch, and fifty one Bib Fortuna. I am not... surprised Greedo is. Uh, I guess Greedo gets a short amount of screen time as well, but uh, without Greedo, you don't get really Hans. Who you don't get who Han Solo is. Yeah. No. Like I, I think. Uh... I'd probably put Greedo right around here, um, you know. And Max Rebo gets higher than Wicket. Max Rebo plays plays the piano in the background. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, this is getting a little ridiculous now. I mean, because it's like I don't miss no gig. He don't miss no gig. So, um, I was a Max Rebo fan as a kid, right? Like, oh look at this blue elephant guy. You know, this is cool. Um, but like. Wicked was a central character. I knew that Max Rebo was the guy that in the band, you know. He, he was... Well, and and Wicked was in all the merch. That's the other thing. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, if you bought the, the Return of the Jedi lunchbox, the thermos was Wicked and R2, or just Wicked. You know, uh, so first of all, it's kind of interesting, because I think what, uh, I mean, Chopper at 53, I, at first, did not like Chopper in Rebels, and ended up now I have his action figure sitting right here. He became one of my favorite characters. I just, I, I, I mean, at, like as far as droids are concerned, I think it's R2 at the top and Chopper is second and BB-8's third. Um, I mean, that's a, it's such a, it's such a neat character, such a thought out character as well. Um, so. Hey, yeah, I'm a hundred percent in favor of Chopper being as high as he is. He's, He's amazing. Mm. All right. Well, here we go. At 50, coming in at 50, we have Grand Moff Tarkin, who for probably the first five years of my Star Wars life, I thought was Grand Ma Tarkin. Um, but uh, uh, 49. 49 is Paige Tico. Not Rose, but Paige. Paige. At 49. Well, okay, let me get through the... I, yeah, I paused for dramatic effect there. 48, Mon Mothma. 47, Cad Bane. 46, General Grievous. 45, Wedge Antilles. 44, The Client. 43, uh. Salacious B. Crumb. 42, Orson Krennic. And 41, Bail Organa. I'm, so, I'm going to go back okay, to so the Wicked Sla thing. Okay, so Salacious Crumb, too, is also... I mean, mm -hmm. like, what are we what are we doing here? Now, those are people who just seen The Mandalorian Season 1, Episode uh, 1, you know, saw, the, saw Salacious Crumb on the spin and went, oh. I, I put Salacious Crumb higher than a lot of the things that I've, I've seen here. I mean, as far as mm -hmm. interesting characters that... I mean, he brought comedic effect when you need the comedic effect, you know, in, you know in Jabba's palace it was you got him in there with like general grievous and Krennic. like yeah, no he's, he's, no he's just... a, yeah he's surrounded by the client and orson Krennic. um, um yeah. no but how no. the one the one i have a big problem with is Paige tico um yeah. I, i'm sorry she was cannon fodder at the beginning of uh yeah. the last jedi and, and we're we're putting her ahead of Bosk and you know uh, Uncle Owen, Uncle Owen Peru, and Shane. Wicked and, I mean I 
I almost said something when you listed DJ earlier because I was like, eh. yeah. I mean, talk about yeah. something that never paid off. Yeah, I, I just I was like kind of mad on that character, but to begin with, but like she's like way less important than DJ was um, to the overall plot of that movie. Um, now let me see here. Let me let me read. Uh, okay, Luke, Leia, Ray, Finn, and Poe may be the top build heroes of the Last Jedi. But for two pulse-pounding minutes, Paige Tico is a true star. Resistance bombardier on a mission to take down the First Order Dreadnought. Paige watch. I mean, I'm sorry. They're describing um, Randy Quaid's part in Independence Day. Not even. Not even. You know. Because uh, <laughs> at least Randy Quaid has an arc. Poor Paige got a scene. That was it. I will say also, I think Cad Bane at 47 is a travesty. He should be up towards the top of this list um because that is an awesome star wars character and i'm not talking about the mandalorian what we saw or what we saw in the book of boba fett i'm sorry i'm talking about in the clone wars i, th I think that deserves to be higher than in the 40s that was i'm insane. good i'm good with him where he is because if you think where Django is in relation to Django, he's he's about where i would have him he's a little bit higher a couple you know 20 spots higher so so um but yeah you know just page page tico that one's that one's just out of left field that's that's a person's personal oh, me... favorite character who somebody listed her in their personal top 10 or something and let me and that... let me one up it then here we're gonna move on okay. to the, from 40 to through uh 31 number 40 is okay Cobb vanth um number 39 here we go lobot Number 38, Jin Erso. 37, Captain Rex. 36, Qui-Gon Jin. 35, Finn. 34, Boba Fett. 33, Kanan Jarrus. 32, Cassian Andor. 31, BB-8. Yeah, How do you put it's like it, Lobot in that yeah, it's like you're playing the which one does not go, you know, which one doesn't fit on this list. Yeah, because yeah. you got some big characters. There's some fan favorites, some central characters to the, the entire saga. Lobot put him 20 places down. And this is where Wicked should have gone. According according to uh, Entertainment Weekly, Bespin Cyborg doesn't have a lot to say but he keeps Cloud City functioning. As Lando Calrissian's right-hand man, Lobot is silent administrator of the whole city, rolling around town with his signature bald head and flashing lights. Not only does he help Lando rescue Luke and Le or, sorry, Leia and Chewie from Vader, but he boasts one of the most iconic shots in all of Empire Strikes Back, where all he does is open his eyes and stare at the camera. Sometimes to make an impression, you don't have to say a single word. I'm one of the biggest Empire fans that you'll know. And no. Yeah, and I know which shot they're talking about, but still, no, yeah. uh, I'm sorry. You drop Lobot 20 points, uh, 20 spaces down, and you bring up Wicked, because that's where Wicked should have gone. If we're going to elevate people based on their appearance in Empire Strikes Back, how about a Minoc? Let's put let's, let's a Minoc in the top or 40. A, or an you know? a space love, just, just space love. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like, come on, right? Like, that stuff's iconic. It's, and it's it's really fun to watch. Are you but... surprised that Boba Fett's at thirty four? Eh, not really. I'm surprised that's not at least. Top thought he'd be 20. higher. I thought it'd be at least top twenty because I mean it's yeah. like I mean that we've talked about the 
you know, just the, the mythos. I mean, it, it, he's on screen for two minutes and everybody goes bonkers for him and, you know, for decades. So, and he makes 34. That's kind of interesting. Uh, only thing I'll say is that if you look at the rest of that 10, no, 40 to, you know, to 31 list, I mean, you got Finn there, you got a whole bunch of other characters that are central to the story. So I'm fine with him being here if that's the level that you're talking here. Because, yeah, you start thinking about who's left and it's going to be key characters. So, Oh, you think you're so? You're laughing, which tells you me. think so? Oh, who's coming? Oh, my God. Who's coming? At Who? number, at, coming in at number 30, Kit Fisto. What? Coming in at 30 is Kit Fisto, 29, Grand, Grand Admiral Thrawn, 28, Grogu, 27, Harrison Dula, 26, Padme Amidala, 25, okay. Admiral Akbar, 24, Rose Tico. 23 and 22 is Chirrut Imwe and Baze Malbus. And at 21 is Vice Admiral Holdo. Hmm. <laughs> the bookends on this set of 10 is kind of hilarious. Okay, so yeah. like this feels, okay, it feels a little bit like a last Jedi apologist list. And I'm a last Jedi fan. I like that movie, but um, like this feels a little last Jedi heavy to me in some, in some ways. Um, Hera being above Canon is interesting. I mm-hmm. love Hera as a character. Um, I love Canon as a character. I don't know how you necessarily separate the two. Um <laughs> It's like for me, like I love Rogue One. We all love Rogue One, and I love the character of Chirrut. I love the character of Base. Having them this high, I don't know how. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you had told me that they were in the mid forties or uh, low upper thirties, I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. That's about. But they got in my head of some big characters like Boba Fett and Finn and uh, Tarkin, and I'm just like and uh, Grievous what? and and Grievous. Yeah, it's like. There's a whole stack of characters that in this, I would in this say group they're, in a they're, 10. I would say they have about as much screen time as General Grievous, and I think they're far more interesting than General Grievous. So I, I would I would rank them ahead of if but, you're just but would you put them ahead of yeah, would like, you put them ahead of Finn? Ahead of Boba Fett or Cad Bane? Here's, here's my problem with Finn, and I, I it's not that I dislike Finn, but I think that mm-hmm. his character was absolutely just his character arc was null. It wasn't there. I don't think it was. Uh, he had the promise of being one of the best characters in Star Wars, and it just did not get fleshed out. Um, and that everything he needed to do, he did in Episode Seven, and I then mean, they just kept running it again. I'm not calling a value judgment or anything, except for on the mm-hmm. writers for just totally screwing that up. Now, what do you think about Padme Amidala being between, mm. you know, uh, in in the twenties? She was oh. at twenty six, just after, just ahead of Harrison Dula, but right, by, right behind Admiral Akbar. It kind of yeah. touches on what you asked earlier, which was like most important characters versus best characters, right? And like she has that whole problem with her arc, similar to Finn. Yeah, except you got um, the clone, three. You got the Episode Clone three. Wars. You got the Clone Wars to at least help with yeah with that character. No, but the Clone Wars also does help Grievous. So 
if you're yeah. if you're throwing that to help her, you gotta throw it to help him. But I, I think no, I, a, I think he's a one trick pony as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Grievous should be higher. Dang it! I'm, I'll I'll stand for Grievous. Grievous should be higher. Grievous Wicket twenty twenty four. Okay. Um, okay. So coming in at number twenty, let the controversy begin. Coming in at number twenty, C three PO. Okay. Nineteen. Din Djarin, the Mandalorian. Okay. 18, Poe Dameron. 17, Mace Windu. 16, Darth Maul. 15, K2SO. 14, Jabba the Hutt. 13, Kylo Ren. 12, R2-D2. 11, Palpatine. Hmm. I okay, think. so like about the top three, the last couple that you listed, I'm like perfectly fine with where they're at. Um, I would but... put I would put C3PO. I, I I'd put C3PO at thirteen. And um, so here's my problem. They okay. okay. They did all these things where it was like they they linked two characters together. <laughs> it's like Chirrut and Baze. Uh huh. Why yeah. not? Why not R2 then... and three PO? But. Um, I, I I'd, I'd be interested to I I won't read it I, but I'd be I wonder if it uh, well maybe I should C3PO. that doesn't make sense though that C three PO one of the sense. strangest assertions made by the Phantom Menace is that the idea that the slave Anakin Skywalker would build a robot to help his enslaved mother with farm labor, and the robot would be an uptight butler no matter it was just an unnecessary excuse so C three PO can continue in its all important role so this is hating on Phantom Menace. They don't like the fact that Anakin Skywalker was made by C3. Well, C3PO was made by Anakin Skywalker, so therefore we're going to put him at number twenty. Um, uh, Dinged him a few notches. So I I think he is one of the most. Uh, most okay, so uh, like the, real the, the real talk, the real talk. The, the two droids they should be in the top ten, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, because they're central to the story. Everything happens with them. You know, they are. You know, they're so crucial to everything that happens in star wars you know that you only need to see r2 and 3po and you know it's star wars <laughs> right right yeah and then like uh, like you're gonna put c3po below like mace windu right like what's mace windu doing in the top 20 well, even like, what? even din Djarin. i'm sorry din Djarin has not been around long enough or done enough <laughs> except for bring us cute baby yoda to, yeah, like if you want to make put Din Djarin at 21. Star Wars story. So. Mm -hmm. Like Din Djarin ahead of Boba Fett, too. Interesting. Darth Maul feels low within the context of all of the television. Right. I would agree with that. I mean, it, that became that became a nothing character, a, a character you thought was, again, one thing they just lost out on into one of the most interesting characters in star wars thanks to the clone wars mm -hmm. um, and uh, i'm gonna have to stick for papa palpatine just for a moment he 11 sounds fine but he really should be a top 10 character i mean that that's the architect of everything we see through star skywalker saga so the fact that it doesn't even get into the top 10 i'm like really who you got in there well right. we're gonna guess now I don't know. I, I kind of like I kind of like seeing you guys being shocked. So I think we should just go one at a time here through the top ten and just. Um, uh, well, who do you who do you think? Let me just say this: Who do you think is going to be 
number one. Who's going to have the top slot? Vader. Vader, yeah. Okay. It'll be Vader, number one. Okay. Um, And then I'm guessing the big three will be in the top five. Okay. Um, so I look like... Yeah. And I'm guessing the other one is Yoda. All right, so we're so saying, our, the top... saying our top five oh. is going to be some order of Han, Luke, Leia, um, Vader, Vader, Yoda. Yoda. All right. And cool. Vader will be one. All right. Mm-hmm. Coming in at number 10, Lando Calrissian. I don't okay. necessarily think that Lando is a top 10 character in Star Wars. Not you over the you droids. Want. You can at Lando. Yeah. Okay. No, no. Yeah. Number nine, Chewbacca. That old man is mad. Okay. That's right. Coming in at number eight, Ahsoka Tano. Hmm. Again, I think that's becoming a very important character in Star Wars lore again, thanks to the Clone Wars and everything. Obviously, only the Clone Wars, but um, coming in at number seven, Luke Skywalker. Uh, what? Seven. <laughs> Number seven is Luke Skywalker. Okay. Wow. Here's here's the we'll read the entry. What would Star Wars even be without his original hero? Standing there with his eyes ever towards the horizon, Luke Skywalker represents every hopeful dreamer who ever yearned for more exciting destiny. Luke is far from generic though. Um, not every hero would make the same choice that he does at the end of Return of the Jedi, throwing away his lightsaber and choosing <sighs> to forgive his fallen father rather than vanquish him for all his strengths. He also has weaknesses. And in the last Jedi, Mark Hamill movingly portrays an older Luke now wrestling with his life and legacy in between. We get to see him kick McClunky in the Mandalorian as a Jedi master at the top of his game. Uh, Luke Skywalker comes in many flavors, just like star Wars itself. I think as much as you said, this is a last Jedi forgiveness, uh, Party, I think this is this is the exception to that. Yeah, for yeah, last Jedi, because yeah, they didn't like that. You had old man Luke. Ah, man, that's irksome. That's that's like the, yeah, you're talking about how he's like the. What would Star Wars be without him? And you put him seventh. Oh. Come on. Okay, this is really weird. Okay, well here we go. Number six, six. is Ray. Okay. Okay. Number five, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hello there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Number four, Han Solo. Okay. Number three, Yoda. Coming in at number two, Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker. And in number the top Leia one. spot is Leia Organa. As number one, number one favorite. Star Wars has always been a story built on archetypes, the scoundrel, the farm boy, the grizzled wizard, but there's nothing typical about Carrie Fisher's Leia. From the moment we meet the princess of Alderaan, smuggling the Death Star plans and spitting insults at Grand Moff Tarkin, she's a new kind of heroine, a damsel in distress who happily hijacks her own rescue mission. After all, somebody's got to save your skins. Uh, what makes Leia extraordinary is her complexity. She's a princess and a general, a daughter and a mother, a lover and a warrior. She's also deeply funny, and she can deliver a one-liner that would disarm even the most unflappable Imperial officer. The original trilogy and its sequels follow her as she evolves from fiery rebel to Jedi in training to battle-hardened military leader. 
always anchored by Fisher's warm performance. Ultimately, Leia has endured through the decades because of what she represents, both within the galaxy and for generations of Star Wars fans. Hope. I'm not, okay, I'm so, not mad about that at number one. I, but it, well, I'm not totally feel, mad about it. <laughs> but anyway. It feels like an intentional decision to be unique or cute. Um, I think that I mean, we all adore Carrie Fisher and what she brought to the role, and we all know how important that role was for a generation of women. Um, but Luke is just as important to a generation of little boys. Well, and I think, I would, like, I would actually think, I'd even say Ray. Um, yeah. Has, I, Ray, Ray has a more interesting story. And a more moving story than Leia's. I mean, as far as the way it was written. So, um, yeah. I, I just I don't know how you can say that Luke is seventh and Leia's first. Is that that's where like the disconnect comes for me? It's like we were talking about characters being linked, and those two characters were super linked. Well, within the story, just in the films alone. So. I you know I would I would have put the two of them right next to one another if not in the same line. Um, and does and, does I mean as much as we talked about it before does Ahsoka Tano belong in the top ten? She eventually she might at this point I'm not so sure. Put it this way, I'm more surprised as uh, shocked disappointed at Luke not being in the top five than I am Leia at number one because that's a case to be made. For Leia to be at number one, this case for Vader to be number one, case for Luke to be number one. I have no problem with that. You know, but Luke should be in the top five. That's like it's like, no, these you know, that's why I'm almost kind of like going like, okay, you want to put Ray in the top ten because of how important her arc is to the sequel trilogy, our Star Wars is gonna go forward. Again, not a problem, because that's clearly where her character's gonna end up at similar with ahsoka it's like at some point we know that ahsoka has been important thanks to the clone wars we know that it's going to have a bigger role going forward so i'm fine with it yeah the, that was that was kind of you know the elements are there it's just how they mix them up you know it's impossible to separate the the actor from the role right mm -hmm. in a lot of cases and when you think about um the, one of the reasons that people are so fond of leia is because of uh carrie um and the kind of person that she was and the kind of ambassador she was for so many years and i think that the same thing is equally true about mark uh hamill playing playing luke and and how he's just been this amazing ambassador for star wars for so long and so gracious and so willing to just engage the fans and, and 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 continue to have good humor and good spirit about the whole thing because like Aaron you like you mentioned earlier it's like this all just came from George's this did George ever envision this like this this movie that he that he created becoming this huge thing and it's like none of them did um but but Mark and Carrie were like there like co carrying the banner in a way that like a lot of people hadn't been you know harrison ford cough um you know 
Uh, and Han Solo obviously wasn't nearly as important to the overall story, but um, when you were a kid, you liked Han or you liked <laughs> Luke, and I, I get that whole dynamic. And so he becomes kind of necessary to be in the top five on that level. This is why I said the big three needed to be in the top five. Um, but I, I don't know, man. I, I, I love again. I agree with what Fredo said. You can make an argument for the top three um, being Vader, Luke, and Leia. Interchangeably, yeah. Yeah, and any of the three of them could be the number one. But hmm, putting Luke down at seven, I don't know, man. That's the biggest. That's the biggest problem I have with this whole thing. Did you? And and Wicket being one hundred. Um, <laughs> did you? Did you think this was going to be so controversial? That's that's kind of fun. Um, I just love that. Well, it's like you know, these are going to be the these are going to be the big characters now getting into the top twenty. Oh, really? Here we go. Plo Koon, or no, who was it? Kit, Kit Fisto. Here comes Kit Fisto. Here comes Kit Fisto. Everybody. It's like, it's like whoever. What was the horse that won the Kentucky Derby? It's like uh, Red Stripe. Yeah. <laughs> so. By the way, I'm trying to think. Were there any characters that got left out that should have been on this list? Okay, so like just going through, we were talking about the Bad Batch. Like Wrecker yeah. was the only one from the Bad Batch. Hunter and Omega were not in there, no. right? Crosshairs. Crosshairs. They, they, they only have Captain Rex. I guess Captain Rex did in for all the clones, huh? Yeah. Yes. I'm looking around at my figures here. Um, yeah, Winning I mean... at Zeb. I don't yeah. think. Um. Yeah, no. Uh... Snoke, I don't think made the the hundred. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's interesting. Snoke has disappeared from all all, all traces of the canon, or you know, or you know, all cut discussions of Star Wars. You don't mention Snoke. We don't talk about Bruno, and we don't talk about Snoke. Yeah. I, uh, resist the resistance choice was an interesting one, and I understand the representation and the rationale behind doing that, but like. A couple of the other characters on Resistance could have probably been included, but were, were much more important within the context of that show. Uh, Niku, I mean, he, I have to. I'm sorry. He's the MVP of that series. He cracks me up. Um, I have to. I have to go look at this. Did we list Qui Gon Jinn? Yeah, we did. He was in there. Okay. Yeah, he, he made it. About he made it, uh, made it at the lower end, the middle to lower end. Uh, I'm trying to think like character. I'm just. Not just thinking of characters. I mean, if you're having, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, from Empire. See, I forgot his name already. I, I don't had... think they. I don't think they included Hondo. They did not include no, Hondo. That's a good character. I mean, that one's. He's been in a lot, and he's a guy that I always brings a smile to fit my face when he shows up. Um, yeah, they didn't put Sev. They didn't put. Uh... They didn't put Lumpy. <laughs> we don't talk about the christmas special well, hey, all right so all of you out there you need to let us know what you think about this top 100 did any of them make you want to slam the brakes on your car and go throw something at somebody else um and uh if you think wicket got hosed because i think wicket got hosed um he should be at least higher than general grievous but anyway so uh yeah, so like I said, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter, on Facebook, whatever, and uh, 
until I guess next week. In our next episode, we're going to get into some more Marvel stuff. So I'm going to see Doctor Strange tonight. Hooray. Uh, Fredo's already seen it. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to try not to spoil it for Dave. Um, of course, I don't know how much you've already been spoiled, but uh, the internet is relentless. A little bit. A little bit. Right. So. Uh, Maybe we'll let him lead the discussion so he can talk about the things that he's been spoiled on. Um, but until then, we will say, who that? Who that? Who that? Everybody have a great, great week. My monkey.